Hey guys, welcome back. This is another episode of Film Twitter Podcast. My guest for today is Ashley. Hello. Um, thank you so much for being here. Uh, I guess I just kind of, well, I have a lot of different questions and I kind of ask the same for the most part, but I'm going to kind of, uh, I guess I'll start from more basic one. Like what kind of got you into movies, I guess? Um, I don't really know. I mean, like, I always watched them growing up as a kid. Um, I guess I found, like, a few that I really liked, and I always had, like, a fascination with it. Yeah. In terms of actually, like, writing about it or, you know, interacting with people online about it, I kind of fell into it, to be honest. Like, I had been <laughs> on Twitter, um, yeah, I'd been on Twitter since about, like, March of 2018, and it was just kind of, like, my own place to just talk to no one really just get my own thoughts like out yeah it was like yeah. talking to a person but it worked for me and then like I just found that I started to see a lot of content about film and then next thing uh-huh. I knew like I was talking to people about film and <laughs> yeah the rest is history I guess that yeah that's awesome I, I didn't realize it was that like that you you joined in last year like you joined in 2018 yeah it's been a very short ride yeah time. that's that's great though I, I think you're probably like the uh the newest account that I've had on here. You like gained a following pretty fast for Yeah, that's all thanks all thanks to Kern really, but yeah. <laughs> I I think that's yeah, I think I'm I met you through him maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I don't remember right. the first time I saw you on there, but I remember like yeah. all of a sudden kind of seeing you more and more. Yeah, it was um, funny because I remember I got dumped into like a group chat with everyone and I had no idea who was who. I had like I had like a few names that I had like heard of, but I had no uh, idea how everyone knew each other. And it turns out that everyone was kind of like in the same boat. Like everything kind of <laughs> came together at the end of last year and like yeah. everyone got to know each other more. So as much as I felt like I didn't know anyone and I was kind of like a newbie, it turns out I was in the same boat as everyone else. Yeah, and that one group chat that I'm in with you right now, uh, that one, I don't know a lot of people in there, but they all seem really nice and stuff. I, I think that, that, that was the first group chat I was added to, like, outside. I have, I'm in one other group chat uh, that's, like, kind of a film chat, but I got added in there, and I think that's the only one I've been in with you so far, pretty sure. Yeah, I think it is too, because you and, you and Matthias are normally, like, a package deal. <laughs> he's yeah. in there, so I'm like, if he's there, then obviously Chandler is there. Yeah, we, we kind of <laughs> are. That was, like, the thing is we started, me and Matthias, like, have our own little group chat that has, like, 40-something people in there. And mm. uh, we actually, uh, we used to have Kern in there. I, that's how I met Kern, actually, was he got added to that one. And uh, then I guess we just got too disgusting for him, and he had to leave. We make a lot of really bad jokes in there, um, and share. I just think like, that's like the backbone of Twitter in general. Like it's yeah. not just that we all make terrible jokes. Yeah, yeah, and that was kind of the point. And then like he left one time and like blocked the chat or whatever. And <laughs> I, we've talked about it. Like it's not like he was mad at us or anything. But I totally understand. There's like way too many people in there too. But yeah, and then once I got added to that other one, that was the first time I'd seen you in a group chat. But right before then is whenever I kind of met you, I think. Like, right before the Chandler Awards. I, I feel like I'd known you for, like, two or three months right before the Chandler Awards. Like, right yeah, around that, that time. Yeah, that sounds right. met you. Yeah. Matthias knew you before that, I think. He talked like he mm. knew you before that, at least. Uh, but that's great. I'm glad you decided to get a Twitter account and join Twitter. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> um. 
Okay, so moving on to what, what was your favorite movie of 2018? Oh, Blind Spotting, easy. And I actually think um, I vocalized that on the Chandler Awards. You did, you point. did, actually. Yeah. I'm, I remember in that now. <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> great. Because then, uh, yeah, I heard you about your reaction. You were at work, right? Whenever the Chandler Awards <laughs> yeah. were going on. Yeah. Oh my God, it was so hard. Like, I was like on my break. I'm like, oh, they've probably finished. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? I'll just like jump into the live stream. And sure enough, like you were singing your cover of Shallow at that point. Yeah. And like, I didn't want to like leave the store because I'd already like started to cry. So I was in like the back room having like a bit of a breakdown. I was like, oh my God. It made my day, honestly. Like it killed me that I couldn't have watched like from the start with the live stream, uh -huh. but I managed to at least catch a little bit of it. Yeah, so, no, very, I'm glad. Very vocal in the, um, the live chat on YouTube too. Oopsies. <laughs> <laughs> uh thank you so much I i'm so glad that you liked it uh hopefully next year the timing will be a little bit better so i've kind of found a different way to do it next year too so then it won't be i don't know just be easier to access but yeah blind spotting is amazing i, I love that movie so much yeah it uh, really is it was... i think what yeah i think what it like makes it so good is the fact that like it has so much to say that's like culturally relevant but it's also yeah. entertaining. Like, it manages to do yeah, it in a way that's yeah. not, like, all doom and gloom. And yeah, I had no right. idea what it was about, like, going into it. And I, I didn't either. Uh, and yeah. then, like, whenever I started, it was, like, really surprising. It hit the, like, once the plot kind of kicks in, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, this is not what I thought this was going to be. Yeah, yeah, it was I totally really thought good. It was, yeah, I totally thought it was, like, a crime thriller when yeah, I went around to watch it. And I then thought. I started laughing. I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, and then, so, like, uh, me and Matthias kind of had to talk about this whenever I eventually saw Vox Lux, um, <laughs> he was, because, well, I guess because of my support for it so much, he asked me, he's like, if we, um, he's like, if you had seen Vox Lux before the Chandler Awards, you, would you still have given Blind Spotting Best Picture? And I was like, yeah, because, like, I think to me it, that Best Picture still needs to be, like, the, the one with the more important message to it, and so, like, Blind yeah. Spotting is just so, so good, like, the message it tries to give and and then just the way that being someone's directorial debut too is yeah. so incredible yeah and like i'm not incredibly familiar with the story behind vox lux but i know that blind spotting took like years to be written it's pretty yeah. much like it's Diggs and cassell's like love letter to oakland and i think that a lot of that love like really shows through yeah like, there's a it does. even though it's tackling some pretty heavy issues it's obvious that there's a lot of care there yeah and, uh, yeah it's beautiful <laughs> it um, really is yeah, yeah luckily for me vox lux didn't come out in australia until 2019 so i counted as like a 2019 film so i would never have to you know that, put vox lux I, and plants spotting up against each other yeah i'm not sure when i think it got like a limited run in the u.s and i missed it completely and i hate that so much maybe i should do that and like add it to 2019 movies for the chandler <laughs> awards because i yeah. want to like appreciate that movie so much um you love that movie so I much i love it i've seen it like five times it's my most logged movie on letterboxd i oh my god I, I don't i just love that movie so much and i think i've talked about it every podcast now because it kind of always slide in there because that's like my my favorite movie of 2018 is that in first reformed so oh yeah but i guess i didn't see box sucks until 2019 so I, I probably shouldn't even count it is that and I don't even know when the release date was for the U.S., but I know it was very limited because I tried. I think it was it. December. I think it was yeah. definitely December. 
Yeah, I'm actually trying to find my most logged on Letterboxd at the moment. (laughs) Yeah, so (laughs) it's currently a tie between La La Land, which will surprise absolutely no one, (laughs) and um, the Taylor Swift Reputation Tour. Again, it's surprising no one at all. (laughs) How many times have you watched those? Oh, six. Oh my gosh. At least loved. And I know that, like, the Reputation Tour came out new year's day here so i've seen it six times this year that's amazing uh la la land is incredible i 16 year old me (laughs) saw that in the theater and that um that was like the most depressed a movie it ever made me at that time that i love that movie so much though it's so good uh i wish i'd done the trailer how like (laughs) how much younger you are than me yeah i'm i'm 19 yeah i'm 24 like I mean, you wouldn't be able to tell because I'm immature as hell, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. um, no, no, I understand, though, like, because it does kind of seem weird, even me talking, like, I think I've been the youngest person on every, everybody I've had on the podcast, at least I think so, or the, either they're my age, too, and it does kind of feel weird to talk about movies like that and being like, yeah, when I was 16, I felt this way about the movie, because, <laughs> like, and now, if I'm talking to a 16-year-old now, I, I don't know, I, I just feel like I wouldn't think the same way. But I don't know. Um, yeah. But La La Land is so good. Too. I've rewatched it like every year. I don't know how many yeah. times. I, I didn't log anything. and I didn't start like logging multiple viewings until this year. So I don't know exactly how many times I've seen it. I know I've at least seen it four times. I saw it twice in theaters. I I loved that movie so much. Mm. What's uh, um, like your like most um, number of times you've seen a film like in the cinema? In the... Oh, uh, I want to say uh, um, Batman v Superman. Like, I think I saw that like four or five times in the theater. I don't know. Yeah. It was around that. But like also uh, Chronicle, the, uh, yeah. you know, the one with Dane DeHaan and stuff. That I saw that a lot when that came out. I think that came out like 2014 around then. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I was young though, and I, I really loved that movie. Like for some reason, I understand. Like it's not a terrible movie or anything now, but like at the time when that came out, I absolutely loved it and I wanted to see it all the time. So I think that. <laughs> but like again, yeah. like my some of my favorite movies, I didn't even get to see in theaters. Like I think my favorite movie, like the movie highest up on my like a uh, top ten that I got to see in theaters was I think Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and I saw yeah. that three times in theaters because. But if I had, like, got to see First Reform, then I would have seen that so many times in theaters. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Box Logs. Yeah. But, uh, Do you know what actually happened with First Reformed, like, in Australia? No. What happened? So it pretty much, like, the distribution here is ridiculous. It pretty much got, like, picked up for, like, the festival circuit. Played, I'm pretty sure it played just Sydney and Melbourne. Universal picked it up, dumped it on DVD in, like, December, and then it started to get, like, award traction earlier this year and they were like oh shit like maybe we'll just throw it in <laughs> sydney for some special screenings to make wow. up for the fact that we completely dropped the ball yeah you guys think you have a bad with like limited releases you've got no <laughs> idea how it is here <laughs> yeah i see like all of my australian mutuals constantly i feel like talk about some movie getting messed up like the release wise over there that sucks i don't know why i can't just be the same everywhere yeah, really I mean, I, yeah, I guess it's just, like, in terms of what audiences want to see. But you know what? When you've yeah. got, like, 
eight cinema cineplexes all around and they decide that all they're going to play is Endgame and, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, whatever Disney has out at the moment. Like, uh-huh. we don't have much choice. Yeah, like, no, there you're are right. Few, like, yeah, there are a few independent cinemas in Melbourne which have incredible, like, selections. And you know what? If we could, like, we would go to them all the time. But, you know, time and money are factors. So it's a little yeah. bit hard. Like, I know that there are things, like, that I still haven't seen that are playing there and, like, I feel terrible for not going and supporting them because they're films that I would have wanted to have seen. But it, like, uh-huh. at the end of the day, like sometimes it just can't happen, you know. Yeah. Especially no, when you right. like put in other commitments. Yeah, no, you're totally right. Like for me, um, here I, I live in Atlanta right now, and to get to a movie, like usually the only limited like releases or like special screenings of stuff, like they were playing uh, Howl's Moving Castle. They were like re-releasing <sighs> that in theaters, and it was. It's like downtown Atlanta, and it was at seven o'clock. And so to get there at seven o'clock, though, I have to leave. Like I had to leave my house. It would it would have been like I live about like thirty minutes away, but with traffic and everything, because everyone's getting off work at that time. Like I got there as soon as the movie started. I was like dead still in traffic at like five o'clock, and Jeez. it lasts so long. And so like that's how it has to be for me. Like I, if I want to go see a movie there, I have to be ready like three hours beforehand to be able to make it there on time. Cause then I have to like find a space in the parking garage too and stuff. Like it was not fun. Same thing when I went and saw high life, I had to, it was the same situation. Like they only play at seven o'clock. There's not another showing of them. Then I have to pretty much clear my whole afternoon. But I like, I, I'd see what you mean. Like, and, and I know it's that way for certain other movies too. Like, high life was only playing that one week at that theater. And if I hadn't made it that week, then I wouldn't even been able to see it. Well, of course, like the day after, I watch it in the theater. It leaks online. Not saying I would have watched it, but it was just like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's one of those, like, just my luck things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's your most anticipated for the rest of the year? Ooh, look, I, I love Toy Story. Like, yeah. I absolutely love Toy Story. So I, like, was born, like, the year the first one came out. Yeah, I'm old. Okay. <laughs> um, so, like... I obviously, like, saw the first one when I was, like, really, really young. My parents took mm-hmm. me to see, like, the second one in the cinema. Obviously, I saw the third one, like, a few times. Like, it's something that I hold, like, really close to my heart. Like, I may yeah. always paddle on saying that, like, How to Train Your Dragon is, like, my favorite animated trilogy, and it <laughs> is. But, like, Toy Story is, like, a whole, like, other level. So yeah. I'm excited for Toy Story 4, but I am regarding it with, like, a certain degree of apprehension just because I think, like, third was the perfect closer yeah and there needs to be a way yeah there needs to be like a reason for this to exist a cash grab and obviously like that's what it is but i'm just hoping that they don't like they don't ruin it with that yeah i really hope so too and the cast like saying that it's the ending of it's really emotional like i want to know exactly what happens like i I'm not sure. Like, I know what you mean. Like, the the ending of the third one was literally perfect. Like, I didn't need to see them anymore after that. So it yeah. it does feel a little weird. And uh, there's a couple of characters and like just the movie in general that looks like it's animated a little bit differently. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like that that... looks different. Yeah, she looks really different, and the way she moves and the way everyone else moves. I don't know. The whole thing just looks a little weird to me. Like, it looks yeah. different. Um, but I'm that really hoping it's set... still. Yeah, me too. That being said, though, I think that 2019, in terms of, like, 
doll representation screen peaked with Booksmart. So, you know what? <laughs> Toy Story confronted at this point. I don't care. Booksmart was brilliant. Yeah, Booksmart was amazing. Um, I really, mm-hmm. I loved that movie. Um, yeah, that that was really great. So, like, so Toy Story, anything else you're excited for? Um, not, like, off the top of my head. Honestly, I'm just excited for the Melbourne Film Fest. So, like, things that it will be showing there. Like, it's just going to be two weeks of me not sleeping at all because I'll have assignments <laughs> during that time as well. But it'll be worth it. So, like, yeah, I'm excited to see, like, when is that? comes out with. Um, it starts in August. So it's, like, the first two weeks of August. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. But obviously, like, the full lineup hasn't come out yet. So once that comes out, you're just going to see me on Twitter going, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> that every single film. That's awesome. I want to go to, a, like, a film festival so bad, but I just Have don't... you never been before? I've never been to one before. I really want to go. What would be, like, the closest one to you that, like, I, you would be I able don't to even go know. to? I don't <laughs> even know. But, like, now that, I've, now that I've flown to Turkey, I kind of would, like, not mind flying anywhere else in the world. So, like... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel kind of just like as long as I, I just need to have the money to go. That's it. Like if I got yeah. that and maybe someone to go with me, then I would like love to go to any of them. That's like really my my thing right now. But mm. hopefully one day maybe I need I to do that. One. Like yeah, like I do not have like the balls to fly like on my own anyway. <laughs> maybe I just need to like throw myself in the deep end and fly to like a corner of the world and be like, you know yeah. what? I've done this once. I can do anything now. Yeah, that's that's how it feels. Like I never wanted to even like leave the country really like I was always scared of flying but then I'm like okay now I flew to Turkey by myself I'm kind of like I feel like I could do it like I could go other places now and maybe I'm just feeling too confident I feel like I'm gonna go over there and like go somewhere else and die or something but now at least I feel I can do it now I was always just too scared to do that before until I like had a reason to go um Mm. but yeah no I want to go to one eventually so the movies at that at that film festival, and then so you you say you don't have anything specific. Like a, a lot of people are like uh, really excited for the lighthouse. The yeah, the I'm excited for that. I'm like praying that we get it at MIF though. I mean, the chances <laughs> of it are pretty small, but like a girl can dream. Yeah, like, no, hopefully so. When it comes to Australia, honestly, it's like I don't keep my hopes up to see anything before the year is out because I just know that it won't happen. So I just kind of like say, oh yeah. <laughs> I'll see ABC in, like, the distant future. <laughs> but knowing, like, Australia means that I'll see the lighthouse, like, mid-2020. <laughs> I think bad because I'm, like, crapping all over, like, Australian distribution. But, like, what choice do I have when yeah, I'm no, stuff that's... that I really wanted to see super late? I mean, like, we got High Life, I mean, in a relatively timely fashion. Yeah. So that was good, at least. Yeah, like, I that saw... originally, Yeah, like, that played at the French Film Festival in Melbourne, so... Mm-hmm. When did it come out in America? Uh, I want to say that was like two months ago. I, th- I feel like we got it around the same time. It wasn't that big of a difference, I don't think. Um, I think it was a couple months ago. Uh, I'm not exactly sure. Mm. I mean, like, I'm not 100% sure, but I know that I definitely saw it, like, in March. So yeah, no, I think, I, I, think I, I had anticipated I would see it. <laughs> I think mm. that's when I saw it, too. Um, pretty sure at least um yeah i'm pretty sure uh yeah so i'm i'm excited for the lighthouse uh and then um uncut gems did you you like good time right 
Oh my god, yes, I love good time. I literally, like, that's my go-to recommendation for anyone. I've been trying to get my parents to watch it <laughs> for months. To no avail, sadly, but I'm, like, I'm just hoping, like, I'm hoping that one day, like, they'll fold and they'll just say, oh, yeah. like, let's just watch this film. And then they'll get blown <laughs> away and they'll come back to me and I'll be like, oh, I'm sorry, what was that like? <laughs> you want me to say I told you so? Yeah. Of course I will. <laughs> yeah, that's a... I love that movie, and I love our Pattinson in that movie. So I'm like, I'm really excited for uh, Uncut Gems, and like also having Adam Sandler in there in like a drama again, a crime drama yeah, too. Yeah. yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear. You. Sorry, I thought you were just, out. No, that's yeah, okay. someone called me and it like messed up for a second. Uh, oh, that's okay. You're so popular. <laughs> I was it was a messiah. No, it was, actually, he called me just a few minutes ago, though. Um, <laughs> I was just about to tell you that uh, Punch Drunk Love is like my favorite movie of all time. So mm-hmm. see, getting to see Adam Sandler again in like a, a drama is really exciting for me. Um, he did and something else dramatic. Was it Rain Over Me or something? Um, I don't know. I saw that the Merowitz stories or whatever he did a couple years ago. I'm not sure if he done if he's done something other than that, like dramatic. I haven't seen like his whole filmography or anything. Um, yeah, I don't make it like a job of mine to make sure I see everything that Adam Sandler has ever done. So <laughs> I'm really talking with like limited knowledge right now. <laughs> no. Many times. Yeah, the only person like I'm trying to I'm trying to watch Ethan Hawke's entire filmography this year. Ooh. It's the only person I'm gonna. I'm like fifty three percent of the way through now. I've seen like forty something of his movies this year. Jesus, That's are you like loving all of this? I'm loving him and all of this. Uh, I'm not. He's like in some really bad movies, but then he's in some like really good movies. And yeah, uh, have you ever seen um, Predestination? Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't rewatched that this year, but I watched it last year. That's mm. good. Um. That's a really interesting storyline. I actually talked to Gia really likes that movie too. We talked about that on here. Um, but yeah, actually, I, I, it was filmed by university. Like I actually oh, was real? watching it, and I'm like, that looks really familiar. I ended up googling it, and yeah, it was filmed in Australia, which I thought was really. Cool. That's awesome. Hmm. <laughs> That's really cool. Uh, my uh, the film school I'm going to right now is Pinewood Studios. And Mm -hmm. so that's, like, where they film all the MCU movies. So that's, like, all my teachers kind of talk about. Like, we're, like, my class is in a soundstage right now. And so, like, at the end of the, at the end of, like, uh, Endgame, at least, it says filmed at Pinewood Studios. So that's kind of cool, like, to see that that's, like, where I go to school at. But, yeah, that, I understand. Yeah. I wish uh, Ethan Hawke would do something around here so I could see him or something. How much, um, know. how much of, like, your syllabus is, like, hinged on the fact that, like, the MCU was filmed there? <laughs> um, none, actually. My teachers, like, shit on the MCU, like, all day. Oh, my, really? Like, my, my main teacher, like, uh, he's my, I'm in lighting and electrical right now. That's, like, the course I'm in. And he, he hates the MCU uh, because <laughs> he's, like, they... He's like, they took it way too far when they started making uh, superhero movies, when Disney started making superhero movies, because he gets mad that you can't have your phone on set. He's like, you're on set for, for like 12 plus hours and you can't pull your phone out. And he hates that. And uh, he's like, and then they all come out looking like shit anyways. He's like, there's no point of, he's like, if you get hired by, by Marvel, I wouldn't do it. 
Like, he tells us that all the time. Wow. It's so funny, yeah. And that's, like, literally where they film every MCU movie is right there at the school. And he, he tells us that all the time, though. He hates it. I hope one day he says it just, like, a little bit too loud and, like, someone hears him. <laughs> yeah, and he's going to get Just to see how, like, it would end up for him. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how that would go. Uh, I'm, <laughs> yeah, he, he said that's, he actually is retired now. And that's why he quit is because they offered him a job on Black Panther and he almost did it. And then they, uh, they said that he wouldn't be able to have his phone out. And, um, Are you serious? Yeah, well, he's like... But that's he, why he said he wouldn't take it. Yeah, he, he's like, uh, he's in his like late 50s and he says it's just because he has family and stuff. And he's like, he doesn't want there to be an emergency and there'd be like no way to get contact to him. And so he says that's why he, he doesn't do it. Which I, I you know, it's... I, I'm From not sure if I would turn it down. It, it's, yeah, it sounded like he just didn't want to be around his phone, which is like a very millennial thing. But yeah, yeah, I yeah, know. That's what I was thinking. And, and he's like fine with us, like having our phones out in class too. I guess I think he's just, he understands that people have to talk sometimes like to other people, but he still, you know, he makes kind of a deal out of it. But yeah, I wouldn't understand, like none of my high school teachers would have said anything like that. They would have hated it mm-hmm. for anyone to be able to have their phones. But he's, uh, really kind of supportive of that but um i forgot what even we were leading through that ethan hawk somehow ethan hawk i I guess i can go ahead and ask you i have this written down for every uh podcast to ask them just because it is kind of my brand right now what's your favorite ethan hawk performance you dropped out hello what happened can you hear me? Hello? Yeah, I can hear you now. I think you dropped out. I don't know what's happening. I have full bars. Um, what was the last thing you heard me say? Um, you were asking me what your favorite, uh, what my favorite Ethan Hawke film was. I'm yeah, yeah. What's sure. your favorite Ethan Hawke performance? Performance? Um, whew. I mean, like, I can't really go past the Before trilogy because I think that, like, <laughs> it's not its not even, like, it's not even, like, a cop-out answer. I genuinely think, like, because he was, like, so involved in, like, how his yeah. talks, like, it feels so authentic. Yeah. Like, you could honestly have told me that he, like, was a real person and this was, like, a real <laughs> problem that he was having and I would have believed you. Yeah. Like, I honestly think, like, it's so good. And it really is and that's... Uh, a lot of people kind of say, um, a lot of people have said First Reformed when I've asked them that, but mine, mm. I think, is always going to be Before Midnight, just because of that last scene specifically in Before Midnight. Oh my Midnight. god, it kills me. It kills yeah. me. It's like real, <laughs> it makes, it's so depressing to watch, but it, he does so good in that movie, uh, specifically yeah. that movie and that, that scene too. Um, you know I'm what glad. I actually like? What was, like, your ranking of, like, the Before Trilogy? Because I know mine, like, mine, you know. How, what is yours? But, <laughs> what is yours? So, like, Sunset, um, Sunrise, Midnight. Like, I do like Midnight. I just, my problem with it was, it's like, okay, this is probably going to be the last one. And I felt like there was too much time spent with, like, other characters. And that's yes. obviously, like, by design because it's, like, <laughs> Look, they're at a point in their relationship where it's like married, they've got kids, they're like, yeah, yeah. Like, it makes sense, but it's like, it feels like their own problems like push to the wayside so we can spend time with these characters that I don't really care about, like, at all. So I felt like it was like, yeah, it felt like there was a bit of treading water where it's like, Sunset just kills me. Because, like, 
yeah, no, I and I agree. Like, I have the same exact ranking of those, actually, because Sunset is literally perfect. I, there's not a single mm. thing I would change about that. And then uh, before Sunrise is, like, it's so cute, and it's so just nice to see that happening and stuff. And that movie, like, really means a lot to me. I don't know when I'll ever be able to even watch that again. And then before Midnight, uh, I feel the same way. I, I didn't want to, like, speak out about it, like, on Twitter, really. But, I, like, the more <laughs> I think about brave. it... Yeah, the more I think about it, the more I'm, like, not that big of a fan of it. And, like, I totally, like, I totally get what you mean, too, is because, you know, we get the opening, and then we get that little car ride with them, but then they go, and they're, like, with their friends for, like, it feels like an hour. The mm, movie's, like, an hour and 40 minutes. It's a pretty long runtime. Yeah. yeah, the movie's, like, an hour and 40 minutes. They get in that hotel, and they argue, and that argument is, like, is the movie. Like, that's the last argue. like, that's the last thing we get with their characters, is they argue for however many minutes and then they go down to the dock and that's like the end of the movie that little like you know, yeah. by the water and so i totally yeah. get what you mean but uh i also i'm not a big fan of the way um celine is written in that movie not that i like don't agree with some of the stuff that she says and and stuff like that but like in before sunrise and before sunset they try to give you more about her i feel like and i i feel mm-hmm. like in before midnight and they try to just I guess it also is because the movie's a big argument. There's not a lot to like about either of the characters in that movie. But yeah. the way they kind of give Jesse that scene at the end where he kind of like tells her, you know, if you want real love, or if you want love, this is it, and this is real, or whatever. I don't know. I That whole thing feels really weird. And I, I, I looked it up, and Ethan Hawke actually wrote her character for that movie. He said that he wrote a majority of her character for that movie, and she wrote a majority of his character for that movie. So it's not like I want to dislike it. I just, that whole, that movie in general does make me feel a little weird. I'm also like, I don't know, arguing makes my anxiety really bad. I guess even if it's <laughs> fictional characters. And so that movie yeah. in general, I try to stay, like, I don't want to rewatch it ever. But at the same time, I love the trilogy altogether. Like, I love those yeah. characters. It's actually I, interesting that you say that now. Because, like, looking at it from that perspective, I think that kind of, it doesn't make me like it more, but it makes me understand it more. So I don't know if you've seen um, the disappearance of Eleanor Rigby, right? I, ha- like I have one with Yeah, you have it? That... No, I haven't. Okay, so it's like it's it's two films, and it's about like the same. It's the yeah. same scenes, and like James McAvoy and Jessica Chastain are like a pretty much like a broken up couple, and pretty much like. One one film is told from like his perspective, and one is told from like her perspective. There's like a, like a cut up of it to make it like one film, which is yeah. awful. So if you can like <laughs> seek out like the separate ones, okay. pretty much like, I noticed there were quite a few like continuity errors can bug me occasionally because it's just like it's not hard. Like it's not hard to like <laughs> yeah. make sure like fact checking crunchy film. Like it's not hard at all. Just take that little bit of extra care. Yeah. But in terms of these films, it was justified in that like the characters were perceiving each other in different ways. Okay. Like where Chastain's character may have thought that she was being like reasonable or you know somewhat logical. She comes off like appearing to um, McAvoy's character as like aggressive. So there's okay. slight like nuances and like yeah. differences of performance make sense and like. I like it in that way, but I also think that that speaks to um, the before trilogy with, like, them writing each other's characters. So it's, mm-hmm. like, obviously, like, they've been playing these characters for years. They would know each other, like, well to a degree, but I think it also speaks to, like, I obviously don't know because I'm not married, but I feel <laughs> like if you've been married for so long, 
you may know your partner really well. Yeah, yeah. Maybe slight discrepancies. Like, look, people change all the time. People change in relationships and people change Mm -hmm. in marriages. I think that it makes sense in, like, they perceive each other different to how they actually are at that point. So, like, by Ethan writing her character in, like, a different way, it's, like, how he perceives she would be, like, tackling that argument. And, like, that argument in general, like, I never thought that that would be a way that, like, would handle something but then also like I have a tendency myself to like if an argument is over I will go back to like that final like um. so I knew exactly what she was doing and I was like stop it making it worse (laughs) yeah I think like it's an incredibly authentic fight it is although it's not like my favorite part of the series at all yeah that's what it is it's like it I'm not like I love how real it feels like that part. That's great. And that's like a huge accomplishment on their end. Like that is really good. But at the same time, like I love the characters so much. So obviously I don't want to see them fight, but I still love like how, how well it's done. But uh, yeah. that's why I just prefer the other two. I still watch midnight. Like I've, I've seen it like three times. I think I still watch it. I just, the other two, I would choose them first <laughs> over rewatching that yeah. one. Yeah, 100%. My parents actually really love them too. My dad has not seen Before Midnight, mm. but he loves the first two. My mom <laughs> loves them all. So, my uh, race one. Yeah, no, that, you sound like you have like parents that have like taste. I can't even, I can't show my mom. <laughs> uh, I tried to show my mom Punch Drunk Love and she turned it off because the music made her feel like, like it was like never stopping. It gave her anxiety. And what was that? Oh my God. I, I tried making her watch one movie one time. I think it was Inside Lewin Davis because she turned it off because it was too depressing. Like things like that she won't watch. <laughs> so it's kind of hard to get her Funnily, to watch anything. Yeah. Funnily enough, actually, mom texted me while I was at work yesterday and she was like, oh, Inside Lewin Davis is on TV. And I was like, you need to like sit down and watch it immediately. And she liked it. Like it oh, managed, like it managed, like it took being on television for her to actually finally watch it despite the fact that we've had it for ages but you know what i'll take it it's fine yeah no that's great i'm glad she liked it though that's awesome um it's like one movie that you're like parents you wanted your parents to love but they didn't oh that's a good one let me think i don't know i try to show like my mom all my favorite movies and she's always kind of like she does not have the same taste as me in movies so uh, it's been kind of hard. Um, Have like, you seen Vox Lux? Oh yeah, actually that was that was crazy. She she liked Vox Lux a lot, mm. which was really that was I a bit did of a not think that one. I think. What'd you say? That was a bit of a gamble. That one, I think, like yeah. to show your parents. You're right. Like, you like, could go either way. Yeah, and like, uh, my mom's like like really big Christian, and so <laughs> no, that part at the end where it's kind of like a twist of the devil being kind of like the puppet master of the whole movie i was like really not sure she was gonna like that but then she Mm. ended up saying that it was really well done the twist was really well done and stuff so yeah that was i did not expect her to like that and i just like was kind of another excuse for me to watch it again i was like hey can you watch this with me and she's like yeah sure i was not Mm. expecting her to like first reformed either but she liked that too um i'm waiting to share my mom (laughs) my mom has a habit of like falling asleep through so it's like Oh, yeah. We really, yeah, we really get to, like, watch films together during the day. So it's, like, you know what? It's, like, at night, I need to, like, make it something that, look, if she falls asleep, like, it's not the end of the world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. The, 
I don't. Luckily, I don't think. I've maybe my stepdad might fall asleep if I try to show him something. There's been a couple movies that I've tried to show them. Like, well, I'll try to show it to my mom, and my stepdad, and my stepdad will fall asleep, but not my mom. Luckily, but yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I know what you mean, though. Uh, I can't even. My notes messed up whenever I was trying to fix that thing. Um, I you kind of talked about this earlier because you got into uh, talking about the Toy Story and then How to Train Your Dragon. So I guess this is already kind of an answer, but. Like, your favorite animated movies? Oh my god, yeah. Well, actually, I... I put that a bit on Twitter, but... I loved Anastasia growing up. As well. Oh, yeah? Like, I, I obviously, that. like, liked the Disney princess movies, but they uh-huh. had, like, something on Anastasia. And, like, even though, like, she's technically a Disney princess now because of, like, the Disney-Fox merger, like... Yeah. Yeah. I remember, like, being <laughs> absolutely terrified when I saw that film. But, yeah, no, I absolutely love that film. I've seen it so many times like i still have like the soundtrack in my like general playlist wow that's awesome i'm so glad that you like an animated movie that much i actually like wasn't too into any animated movies for a long time like of course i grew up watching them like the toy stories and like any pixar disney movie stuff like that but um i guess the first one that i really loved when i watched it was uh kiki's delivery service oh yeah it was like the first that and Spirited Away, How's Moving Castle too. Just all of those that I've seen, <laughs> um, like they're they I they just feel like on a whole different level for me. They just hit me in like in a different way, I guess, than watching. And, I, and my uh, I have a my half sister. She actually got to grow up watching those. I wish my mom had showed me those like growing up because I would have yeah. loved to see those. But yeah, I'm I'm glad you have an animated movie that you like that much. Really wish I had one like that for me um yeah i do like have i do like have like a soft spot for animated films and it's like it's not that i treat them differently because they're like aimed at kids like i expect the same from you know general films but i think like the way that they like speak to like childhood sensibilities too like i think that's really special yeah which is why they, like, persist, especially when it comes to Toy Story <laughs> too. Like, in addition yeah, to being, yeah. like, great films, I love, like, how it tackles, like, growing up and, you know, yeah, you know, moving on and stuff. Yeah. I think it's, like, it's done really well. Yeah, that's what Kiki's Delivery Service said, like, whenever she's... You've seen it, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to, like, spoil anything or anything. <laughs> okay, so, like, when she can't no, uh, hear her cat anymore, like, at that point, yeah. like, that part of the movie, and she's, like, kind of got to get used to it and stuff, like, her getting older, mm-hmm. that all that hurts to watch but it's really well done <laughs> um uh, so i'm not even sure <laughs> okay so i asked you your favorite movie of last year already i asked you ethan hawk okay so i was gonna ask you the opposite of asking people the ethan hawk question was natalie portman favorite oh. natalie portman movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's a hard one actually funnily enough like i watched jackie for the first time recently and i know that oh, a lot yeah, of people that's... absolutely a lot of people love that movie and unfortunately i just don't feel the same yeah like, i don't love it or anything but i i mean her, she's good in it she's really good in she it she is but... very good i i probably have to say black swan to be honest like yeah, i don't even really like incredible yeah i don't even really like count vox Lux as like her film because it's not really <laughs> like she steps in she kills it for like 45 minutes and then she's done you know what i mean yeah yeah i know what you mean 
I yeah. think I mean I, st- I love Box Lux, but Black Swan I think is still my favorite performance of hers. I'm yeah. not sure. Th- th- it's those two are the top for me. But yeah, yeah, she's she's like Ethan Hawke's my favorite actor. She's my favorite actor. So I try to kind of ask people both for both of those. Um, so how do you feel about like um, do you have uh, I'm not sure how exactly want to act ask this comic book movies like how do you kind of feel about those yeah like that, your preference like comic book movies do you have a preference oh, like um, <clears throat> universes and stuff well you know if i turned like my webcam on right now you would see like my massive marvel print in my room with like oh, all yeah? the nerds <laughs> yeah no and like if i look behind my laptop i have like all of my like pop vinyl dolls so <laughs> i am yeah i am very much like marvel stan yeah i I don't know if it's, like, just the way that they do their films. Because, like, I know that there are people that love, like, the DC films and the Marvel films. Look, like, I've watched all of the DC films. I don't Uh like them. I don't know if it's the characters or if it's just the fact that I feel like... I don't think that, like, the DCEU has, like, a good grip on how to, like, explore its characters very well. This might be a controversial take, but I think that... No, no, I I understand. I only, like, like, I only love... A couple movies in the DCU because they like I don't know they meant a lot to me when they came out but I mean I can't defend any of that anymore like they've completely just ruined that universe for me. I yeah, wish I, I wish I didn't. I'm a Marvel person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, the MCU like I, I still love that. Um, I there's a couple movies like the Guardians movies mean a whole lot to me. I love those mm-hmm. and whenever they came out they like meant the world to me. And then I have a couple of uh dcu movies that kind of feel the same way but of course like outside of the dcu like i loved you know the nolan trilogy like i watched those all of those in theaters um but yeah Yeah. so like what's your favorite uh marvel movie then oh well it's logan like if you want to count it yeah 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 no definitely movie is definitely logan i think that's fantastic and like i went in with like pretty low expectations because I'm not, like, a massive X-Men person. Yeah. When it comes to, like, comic book movies, like, I love the MCU. Like, I'll watch everything else, but that doesn't mean, like, I don't know, I wouldn't consider myself, like, a fan of them. And that extends to X-Men too, but, like, Logan just absolutely blew me away. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I love it so much. Yeah, it's great. I think, Um, like, in terms of the MCU, like, what got me into it in, like, the first place was actually the first Iron Man film. Like, I went and saw it for a friend's birthday when it came out. And, obviously, it was like, oh, yeah, there's nothing else playing at the moment. And <laughs> I know something about that film to me is just magic. I don't yeah. know what it is, but I fell in love, like, then and there. And I was like, well, if they're making any more of these, I will be seeing <laughs> them, like, opening day. Like, I do yeah. not care. So, from there, like, that will always be, like, my favorite MCU film. But, like, my favorite comic book film is Logan. Yeah, no, Logan is amazing. I, I really love uh, that movie, too. And I actually... And I don't really like Hugh Jackman either, but he's good in Logan. Yeah, I, I feel like Logan and Prisoners are, like, my two favorite movies of his, I think. Like, seeing mm. him act in there. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you on Logan. Logan's one of the, like, well, Logan's one of my favorites. Um, I like whenever they take uh, comic book movies and kind of try to make them, like, you know, not not these huge, not some like huge, you know, like bombastic, like blockbuster, like you know, gigantic yeah, battles and stuff like that. Yeah, to do something different that. with them. Yeah, when it's like a smaller like concept and smaller plot, that I think I love having a change of pace. Like, um, that's why I really like uh, M Night Shyamalan's trilogy. I know a lot of people don't, but mm-hmm. like Glass specifically, it 
coming out in like this day and age where we have like all these superhero movies. I don't know. I like it when you get a change of pace like that. But I still like I really liked Endgame and, and stuff like that too. Um Mm, yeah, I kind of upset a few people by not liking yeah, Endgame. Yeah, I was going to say, didn't you? Did, I think you were like the first review I saw of it, and you gave it like, what, three stars or something like that? I actually gave it two and a half. Like, two and a so, half. Funnily enough, like, um, you guys know that I write for, like, Make the Switch. So I knew that, like, our reviewer had gone to see it the night before, and obviously, like, he was under, like, a strict embargo. I'm like, you know what? I'm not even going to, like, read it. I'm seeing it in a few hours anyway. I went to, yeah. like, the first screening. It was 8 a.m. I'm like, I don't care. Like, I'll be <laughs> awake for this. Um, and I deliberately didn't read any other reviews before I wrote my own because I didn't want my own, like, opinion to be tainted by it because I was like, yeah. oh, maybe I'm just being harsh on it. Like, maybe I'm expecting too much. Like, you know, it's a massive build-up. Like, yeah. maybe my own expectations are too high. But then to see, like, other people were saying the exact same things that I was saying, it didn't really, like, validate me, but I felt like I wasn't being, like, deliberately contrarian. Yeah. Because, like, I wanted to go into Endgame and think it was the best movie ever, but it just <laughs> didn't do it for me. And maybe it's because, like, I'm that big of a Marvel fan that I was expecting too expecting much. Or more. yeah. Yeah, and I just think that, like, I said this in my review, I just think that Endgame assumes it's going to be remembered as this big event, but <laughs> I don't think it does anything to earn it beyond just being the conclusion. Like, yeah, be a memorable film. Be Deathly Hallows right. Part 2. Like, it's not hard. Yeah, no, you're totally right. And one of the things th for me is, like, I feel like uh, a lot of it in there is kind of rushed. Like, they... Mm. they it's really fast paced, even for a three hour long movie. I feel like it's really fast paced and exactly what you mean. Like it doesn't like, I feel like it tries to fill the movie with a whole bunch of uh, like fan moments instead of mm. like other scenes that, you know, would fit in there better. And I don't know, like I'm me being a big fan of the guardians. I love infinity war and I definitely like infinity it. A lot better than so in game. Yeah. And so, like, getting to see yeah. everyone together in Infinity War, I like that a lot more than Endgame. Not, I mean, I love, you know, Captain America and Iron Man, and I, I like the conclusions that both of them got. Um, but also just, like, the way the Guardians are handled, even in that, like, the scene where Peter and Gamora see each other for the first time is extremely disappointing. Mm -hmm. I hate the way that was played off. And there's like, just a couple other small moments about characters in there that I really feel like they kind of did wrong. And, yeah, yeah. I'm... I, I gave it four stars initially, like, whenever I watched it, because it is, like, this huge... It, like, I understand what you mean. Like, I, I'm totally on board with everything you said. It's not... Like, I forget most of it when I think about it. Like, it didn't stick as much as I feel like it wants to. And yeah. I just... I love Infinity War so much more, like, than Endgame. It, it's such, like, so much better movie to me. And now the Russo's, like, people yeah. stop talking about it and i don't think it's like you're dropping out yeah sorry it's messing up again i guess no that's okay you just went like really like oh there you go are you back oh yeah can you hear me yeah i can hear you okay uh no i was just, um i was saying now that the russos like they won't stop talking about it and they like, keep saying things that just make it worse <laughs> like Thing, the small details they keep giving about the movie just seem They're to make They're doing a JK Rowling and it's killing me. Yes, yeah, it's exactly like that. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, like, I wish I had loved it more. I think, like, even though Infinity War is much more of, like, 
like it's more of like a sad film. It doesn't end in a happy way. I just think that it does everything that Infinity War, like everything that Endgame, like should have done in terms of like yeah. its characters, like proper arcs. Like I felt like it had so many balls to juggle. Possibly more than Endgame even did, because you had to set up this, like, massive finale. Yeah, yeah. Introduce everyone to everyone. You had to give your own characters arcs, tie up loose ends from, like, a heap of different series. I think they managed to do it in a much, much better way than Endgame did. Yeah. Plus, they managed to actually make, like, you know, like, a really compelling villain. (laughs) (laughs) It could have been easier to give him, like, a few big monologues, but I feel like... Like, Josh Brolin did an incredible job with him. I actually think, like, he was one of my favorite performances of last year. And I'm maybe a little bit too kind when it comes to comic book performances, but I think he was genuinely fantastic. No, he, I, I agree. He's really good. Um, mm. But, yeah. He's no, been I, sitting in a chair for long enough. What did you say? He's been sitting in a chair for long enough. He's had time. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> yeah. He's been working on that for a while. Um, mm. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, Josh Brolin is great in there, but yeah, there's there was a lot that Endgame had to do, and I just feel like Infinity War kind of played it off easier, like having everyone be a part of it. Um, yeah. There's a lot of just character choices in Endgame that I, I wasn't a big fan of, and uh, now moving forward, I'm not sure how I feel about the MCU in general, because like like you said, watching Iron Man for the first time in the theater, that was such like a, a great experience, and so that's mm. how I'm always I gonna think, like... Yeah. I think like the only time I've ever come close to having like an experience similar to Iron Man was the first Guardians film. Yeah, that was that was what it was for me, because like um, what kind of happened for me is I really dropped out after uh, Age of Ultron, I really, mm. really disliked that movie when it came out. And I was a huge fan of the MCU before that. But when uh, Age of Ultron came out, I um, I kind of, like, stopped, like, being a fan of it. I, I really disliked it. And so then Guardians came out, and I watched that. But then after that, I, like, clocked out of the MCU, really. I was like, whenever Guardians 2 comes out, that's the next Marvel movie I watched. And that's what I did. But then once yeah. Guardians 2 came out, then I kind of caught myself up and watched, you know, Ant-Man and all the others. But that was, like, Guardians 1 for me meant so much when it first came out. I remember from the first trailer, I, it was, like, premiered on, like, Jimmy Kimmel, like, 10 o'clock at night. And I remember just watching it being 14 years old when it came out. <laughs> and uh, just, yeah, I loved it so much. Yeah. I think that, like, Ant-Man gets a really, like, short straw. Because it's yeah. always, like, both of them have come out after, like the big <laughs> you're right <laughs> and i feel like people like they just think it's going to be like a light fun palate cleanser and it definitely is but i think that you know what like why can't like the mcu be joyous occasionally why can't it just be like a fun heist film yeah like especially as someone like i do expect a lot of my comic book films but sometimes it's nice to just like the end of the world stakes can get too much at times like it <laughs> happened to me during suicide squad like talk about that film gives me like severe ptsd but it's like like, the giant beam in the sky, the end of the world. I was like, we've seen it a dozen times before, and we've seen it done better. It's nice to just, like, switch gears a little bit. And Ant-Man, like, both Ant-Mans definitely, like, function as that, even though, like, the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp has, like, really big consequences because of, like, Infinity War. Yeah, yeah. It's still a fun film. You know what I mean? No, yeah, definitely. I, I, um... I, I actually, I mean, I watched uh, both of them. Like, I love Paul Rudd. And so immediately when I knew oh, he was going to be Ant-Man, I really wanted to watch those. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, 
Um, there's a lot of moments in there that are like really funny and like you're right it's like really enjoyable and it's smaller scaled and that's again I, I love those about like when comic book movies do that nowadays because we always get these giant blockbusters like Suicide Squad or even like Endgame and stuff like literally these huge movies so whenever you get to scale them down to like smaller stories it's always a lot more interesting for me yeah literally literally scaling them down because it's Ant-Man <laughs> I, yeah on that note too like in terms of, like, I was actually going to bring this up before we were talking about Logan. That's why I'm so pissed the New Mutants keeps getting, like, delayed. Yes. It's like, it sounds like such a fresh idea. Like, obviously, we've had, like... It does. We've had similar, like, superhero horror films. I haven't seen Brightburn, but it sounds like it would be in a similar vein. But it's, like, it's the X-Men. And from what I've seen of, like, the promo material, it looks, like, somewhat promising. So it's been something that I've been really anticipating. And to see it just keep getting, like... I don't know whether it's Disney's fault. I mean, it most likely is or whether like the film itself is trash, but the premise is interesting enough that it's like, yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing like different genre mashups. Like we've yeah, done you're... the big superhero films so many times. Like I've said this on Twitter quite a bit. I think that like now is the time for the MCU to get weird. Like you've got your audience yeah. trust. You're yeah, going to get the right. box office. Like, I know that, like, the formula works. Like, don't fix it if it's not broken. But it's, like, now is the time to experiment. Like, people are starting exactly, to get bored. Yeah. Like, yeah. you saw what happened with, like, the whole Captain Marvel thing, which I think that Captain Marvel is, like, good. That's it. I don't think it's, like, spectacular or anything. I know a lot of people on Twitter hate me for that. But, <laughs> like, it's just, I think it's just superhero fatigue, to be honest. Like, I'm excited for Far From Home. But, again, it just looks like the same thing that Marvel yeah, has done a million I times. Mean- you know, That's, get me some unknowns, um, get me some yeah. weird directors. I want to yeah, see exactly. like something well, interesting. That's how. That's exactly how I kind of feel about it, and not like trying to dig into like some deep like theory, like tinfoil hat or anything. But like the the woman who they originally tried to get to like do Black Widow, even, and she like she she turned it down because she said they wouldn't, they weren't going to let her direct her action scene. Yeah, that's and stuff like that. Yeah, that really rubs me the wrong way because I want a weird director or somebody who has like a really, you know, outspoken style. Like I want them to get like an MCU movie, but I'm just afraid of how much it could get, you know, watered down a little bit. And I don't want that at all. Like I would want it. I would want it to have like, you know, their stamp on it. Because like I'm really curious to see like what Edgar Wright would have done with Ant-Man, like his original idea for it and stuff. That whole situation. Yeah. It's like what could have been. Yeah, so I, I understand exactly what you mean, and I didn't see uh, Captain Marvel either, um, and I'm probably not going to, I mean, I'll watch them when they, like, I think Captain Marvel's out now, like, on digital, so I could watch it now, but I'll, I'll probably see Far From Home, uh, like, I, I, again, like, it's just, like, individual, like, solo films like that don't do much for me right now, there's no, I mean, really, mm-hmm. comic movies in general right now, I'm kind of, like, uh, feel weird about them, I guess. I saw Shazam, and I really liked Shazam, because that felt like was going to be a little bit different. And it was. That was a fun time. Um, I think it was yeah, just... I mean, it was a superhero film with, like, gleeful abandon. Like, that's what we yeah. wanted to be seeing. Yeah. So, I I feel, I guess, a little bit of superhero fatigue. I saw uh, Dark Phoenix last night. Oh, God. How was that? That really makes me not want to watch a superhero movie. <laughs> that was that was really bad. And that sucks because I've, I mean, I, I was going to say this earlier. I grew up watching the X-Men movies. Like, I'm pretty sure that was the first superhero movie I ever saw was the first X-Men movie. Um, mm. So, like, I, I grew up watching these. And then to see that that's how they're going to go out with it is extremely disappointing. Um, I don't know why they let 
that be someone's directorial debut. That was really rough. Uh, but that really makes like, me not want to watch them. Yeah, like coming off the whole um, the whole superhero fatigue thing and like the Black Widow discussion. I think like the major problems that Marvel has at the moment is a too many cooks are spoiling the broth, like, having too many yeah. hands, like, yeah. in the creative process, like, let one director do everything, like, beginning to end, mm-hmm. it's, like, and it's very obvious, like, in other Marvel films, like, I'm not sure if this has actually been, like, the case with other Marvel films, but their action scenes are just shot all the same way, so I wouldn't yeah, be surprised if it was, like, yeah, it's like, like the same, it feels like it's the same crew, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it literally feels like it's, like, okay, shoot the film, we'll put it in the Marvel machine and we'll spit out our version of the film that you are making. <laughs> which really yeah. bothers me. Like, none of them have, none of them recently have had much personality, which is what I really yeah. like about like, the first Guardians film. And, like, mm-hmm. obviously, we didn't have that, you know, prior knowledge of what the MCU was like with the first Iron Man, which is why it works so yeah. well for me. But, like, not only that, but I feel like there are a number of, like, a limited number of ways that they're going to take Spider-Man post Tony passing and like look I don't mind it because Spider-Man has always been like a younger character he's grappled with like sense of identity like the responsibility he has to be like a good person and like Mm -hmm. obviously that ties into like you know him trying to move on without his mentor it feels like Far From Home can only really go in like one way with its plot in terms of superior. And I'm like, look, I'm excited to see it, but I just know what I'm going to be getting. Yeah. And at that point, it's like, you don't want your, like, I don't think it's a good thing to have audiences knowing what to expect. They should go into a Marvel film expecting a good time, expecting good action scenes, and that should be it. But nothing else should be going in with them prior. If I know, like, exactly how your plot's going to play out, why am I paying money to see it? (laughs) Give me a reason to go and see it beyond just the fact that I love this series. Yeah, no, you're right. I actually yeah. have a, um, not even, like, talking about superhero fatigue, I kind of, in a way, have Spider-Man fatigue specifically. I've I've enjoyed him, I enjoyed him a lot in Infinity War. Not a big fan of Homecoming, and I, um, I mean, he's not really in in-game that much. But, like, the thing is with me, and it was the same with Batman uh, for a while, is I'm, like, I loved him in Spider-Verse. I loved seeing the older version of Peter Parker. And that's kind of what I'm looking forward to. Like, if they eventually... You know, I, of course, Tom Holland's is going to get older and older as it goes on. But I just, like, even seeing Miles or somebody... I don't know. I just yeah. feel like we got we got so many Peter Parkers. And within, like, a 10-year span, we had three different Peter Parkers. And so... And they were all, like, you know, high school age. And that... Uh, it was the same thing with Batman, how we kept kind of getting, like, almost you know, mid-30s Batman for a while there. I mean, like, that's all how all the old ones are, and then Christian Bale's is the same way. So, like, whenever we got, I know you're not a fan of him, but, like, whenever I got, like, the BVS Batman, it was just interested me more because it was an, an older take on the character, like, someone who had been that character for a while. And so I kind yeah. of would, like, I'm, I, that's why I like uh, him in Spider-Verse so much, because I like seeing, you know, he's, like, uh, divorced, and he's, like, older and stuff, and it's just, it, to me, it adds more to the character seeing it like that. And so, and it's not yeah. that I have anything against him. I'm not like, like hate Tom Holland's character, like Tom Holland's Spider-Man or anything. I just am excited to see like them finally taking it in a different direction. And I'm not yeah. too big on, on the way, uh, like he, I feel like he's really, they made him really reliant on Tony. And that whole thing is kind of weird to me. Under, I, on this one, he, when he's like mourning him, that's different. But like in, uh, 
in Homecoming, I wasn't a fan of the way they kind of made him, like, he didn't have any of his own stuff. It was kind of, like, all made by Tony Stark. And I yeah. wish it was, like, you know, I wish it wasn't like that. But at the same time, it doesn't, like, you know, make me hate that movie or anything. I, I just personally didn't enjoy it. But, yeah, so that's, I don't know. I feel we I feel that way about a lot of heroes, too. I feel like there's always a new direction they could kind of look at them at. Um, kind of yeah. like what they're doing with the Joker movie. Just, like, a different way to take the character, pull them out of that, like, the element they're usually always in. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I'm so apprehensive about that, like, big time. Yeah, I'm like, so what? Worried. I'm so worried. About Joker? Yeah, about Joker. I just, yeah. like, look, from the trailer, it looks like it's going to be, it doesn't look like, like, I know what I want from a Joker film. It doesn't look like it's going to be going that way, and it sounds like so. It sounds so princessy, like oh, this isn't what I want. Like no, it. no, I understand. So I think like you've got such a complex character. It's been done so well by Heath Ledger. I just think like if you're going to go that route, like give me something different with it. It honestly just sounds yeah. like from like the trailer itself. It looks like it's going to be like a pretty mild. Like I know it got an R rating, but it looks like it's just going to be like. A slightly crazy guy who has, like, a maniacal laugh who causes, like, a little bit of havoc. And it would be like, <laughs> oh, this is so edgy because it's different from what we've seen the Joker do before. We've seen the Joker do this before, but we've seen him more brutal. And I yeah. would hope that this film doesn't pull its punches when it comes to, like, brutality. If you've got, like, such a complex and damaged character, like, go all the way with it. But I don't think, like, I think it's going to. And it feels like such a waste of Joaquin as well. Well, the, from kind of like the, the <laughs> there's like leaks and stuff have come out from the movie. So I, I kind of already have like a, a clue, like where it's going to end up heading. But I think they're more trying to show, like, to me, it feels kind of taxi driver-esque. Like it's going to mm. kind of show him, you know, get into that. Like, I think it's supposed to be more of an origin for him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not, I mean, I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know, but yeah, I, I mean, I get what you mean. We have like seen him do a lot of this stuff before, but I'm still just excited like he's not him not being attached to batman is what kind of makes me more excited about it like him not having you know something some big like enemy he has to fight i mean i mean i guess they could still have someone in there but just them taking him out of that like it being some else world story is what kind of makes me interested in it um but no i mean i get i get what you mean yeah i actually was gonna ask you like who is your favorite batman and who is your favorite spider-man is it, is it cutting out again? Can you hear me? Okay, I can hear you. You said, who is my favorite yeah, um, Batman and who is my favorite Joker? Your favorite Batman and your favorite Spider-Man, yeah. Oh, my favorite Spider-Man, okay. Um, my favorite Batman is Ben Affleck's, or BVS. I really, again, I just like seeing a, a different version, like a different take on the character, and that was a whole lot of fun for me to watch. Um, and then Spider-Man, it's, it's Sam Raimi's, I think, like Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. I really enjoyed those movies i don't think like andrew garfield i think is the most talented actor to touch the role of spider-man um but i really like uh i guess the movies surrounding <laughs> toby Maguire. like i don't think anyone who's been spider-man has given some like oscar-worthy performance or anything but i i like um i like those movies yeah i I, like- I agree with you 100 percent on both parts like i just, <laughs> i'm really disappointed that like an affleck never got like a good 
film. Yeah, I wish he had just if he just made his own Batman. Yeah, if he had made his own Batman, it would have been good. But he never got the chance. That whole situation with Warner Brothers and everything really pisses me off. But yeah, yeah, I I know it's such a shame. I feel like he never really got a big moment to prove himself. Like um, a lot of people, like every other Batman has gotten their own individual movie. But I think the only the only movie he even had that chance to to give a good performance in was BVS and then Justice League, you know, is all screwed up in every <laughs> single way possible. And he's like, he's he doesn't know what movie he's in. And uh yeah. then he was out after that. So I feel like we never got he never got a chance to prove it himself. And then uh because also his the only movie, you know again like what I just said with him, the only movie he really had it was BVS. Every other actor had a solo Batman movie to work it on, but he he didn't yeah. unfortunately. He had to share yeah, a movie with Superman and <laughs> Wonder Woman and yeah. everyone else. As awful as I think Batman vs. Superman is, I think, like, the first half hour we got introduced to Batfleck was incredible. Like, I yeah, was really I... excited. I'm like, oh, my God, this actually might be good. <laughs> and yeah. he was really good in it, too. So I was, like, I was young and full of promise at the start of that film. And then I came out <laughs> having, like, pissed myself it. laughing. Like, I didn't hate it, but it's so hard. It was so hard for me to take that film. Like, I was just crying, laughing. Like, it was so funny. I actually felt the same way about Aladdin. Like, I know that I peddled <laughs> on Twitter about hating the new Aladdin. Look, it's not the worst thing to ever exist, but it's yeah. so bland, it's offensive. <laughs> it's literally so bland. And, like, it just makes – it just – honestly, like, I sat there and I was just laughing. Because it's like – I'm seeing I'm like, seriously, like, it's 2019. Like, I was – I got again on my soapbox last night and I was talking to mum about it because she was like – oh, it doesn't seem that bad. I'm like, look, if Aladdin was, like, a brand-new concept that had, like, come out in 2019, it wasn't anything that had existed before, I promise you this film would have been buried. No one would have gone to see it. Like, see it. Like, I don't... Yeah. The only reason that people are, like, enjoying it, in my opinion, is, like, the nostalgia value. Like, oh, this is this thing that I've loved once upon a time done slightly new. Like, (laughs) it's projecting your old memories and, like, feelings onto something, and I just don't think that it earns the praise that it's getting at all. Yeah. I I haven't (laughs) seen it yet. I will take that take take to my grave. (laughs) I haven't seen it yet, but from what I've heard, it's that's exactly what it's like. It's very bland. It's so Um, bland. It feels like a Disney Channel movie. (laughs) <laughs> and that's insulting to like good Disney Channel movies, but it it seriously does like production value. Like apart from the CGI, like it's just yeah, it doesn't yeah. It doesn't work for me at all. I mean, that's and I like, wanted to like it. I am um, incredibly apprehensive when it comes to live action Disney, but I was like, you know what? I'll keep an open mind. It's Aladdin. Like, <laughs> why not? Like, what the hell, right? But no, no, I ended up coming out disappointed as I expected. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's kind of how I expected, like, from the trailers. I wasn't really into it. I think once they announced Will Smith as the genie, I, I actually, I didn't hate it right then, but I was like, that's a weird choice. And then mm-hmm. whenever I saw him in the trailer, just that CGI, I feel like that immediately rubbed me the wrong way. Like, whenever seeing that first TV spot or whatever they released, seeing him. The Prince Ali then, one? I think so. Or, yeah, or, like, the blue, the blue Will Smith. Yeah. When he's blue and he's <laughs> blue, that that's like whenever I was like, why? Like I just I don't know. I don't really get the point. Like these Disney remakes already don't feel like they have a lot to offer. So um, they really yeah. don't. That's why I'm like I don't care about the Lion King. 
Yeah, I, I'm I mean, like, I'm not like gonna. I don't hate it, like what they're going for or anything. But like those character posters, like I was, I'm fucking dying looking at them because like, what are they? Like those are just animals. They're just like National Geographic photos. Like they try to be like, a character photo. They, yeah. Like what else are they meant to do with it? But then also it's just like I'm not interested like, yeah. at all. I've been burnt too many times. I think <laughs> like the problem with with Aladdin is because like I like Will Smith. But I don't think the Will Smith isms like work for me. Like, if you listen to like friend like me, and he's adding like, oh, oh, it's the big part, like over the top of it. It's like it just feels like it's a Will Smith show. Like, it's just a vehicle for him to go and yeah. be Will Smith. Like, his yacht is not big enough. <laughs> yeah, and that's my problem with it. It's like if you're not going to at least like recognize what made your film special in the first place, you can do it in a different way, but just. <laughs> I guess don't yeah. put a massive personality on there and just think that that's like it done and dusted. Like, oh yeah, we got Will Smith. He's giving us everything. <laughs> we don't need to work on other parts of this film quite as hard. Yeah, no, it I does feel like Guy Ritchie is on autopilot here. <laughs> that's what it looked like too. Because I'm a I'm a big fan of a couple of his movies, and then watching the trailer, I was like, that just doesn't look like really a Guy Ritchie movie at all. Mm. I don't know. Just the whole... maybe it's Disney's fault. Maybe. <laughs> They put it through the, the through the Marvel machine. Yeah, they've yeah, done that. I reckon there's like genuine like machines that they just like yeah. put the USB with like all yeah. of like the pieces of the film on, and then like it spits out this just, totally like yeah. muted and like inoffensive like result that's just gonna like make millions. That's yeah. the thing that's scary me about the Lion King too. The Lion King can be bland as all hell. And it's going to make a billion dollars. Yeah, That's I was about to say, it's going to make over a billion. No matter what it oh. does, it's going to make over a billion. And, yeah. then And then they got, like, Beyonce and Donald Glover to, like, <clears throat> lead the movie, too. I mean, that's going to put so many people in seats already. Uh, and then it, it's, it's, like, they're making, like, billions of dollars off of movies they've already made. They're just doing it again. Just live yeah, action. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was going to ask you, actually, I know that this is, like, your podcast. On, like, the term, like, on the um, subject of box office, <laughs> how do you feel about, like, the whole Endgame Avatar thing? Because, like, I don't particularly, like, like Avatar, but uh -huh. I don't think that Endgame should pop it at the box office for, like, a couple of reasons. But I just wanted your opinion on it. Well, like, um, I mean, I, I'm not a big fan of Avatar either. And, I mean, Endgame's not, like... <laughs> probably not even in my like top 200 movies or 250 movies like it's i'm not like a huge fan of that either so i mean i guess you could um i guess i don't mind it like being the highest grossing movie in the world just because it, they did have like a whole lot behind it to lead up to it but at the same time um i mean it's kind of like just incredible that james cameron was able to get all that having no movies behind it like literally just making that movie on its own was like so yeah. cool like having no franchise behind it um so That's i'm not exactly I'm not how sure. i feel about it too <laughs> like there's certain movies that i love like, i mean i i would love for first reform to be the highest grossing movie of all time but <laughs> um unfortunately so it's like no i don't really have a a big opinion on it um other than i just think avatar kind of i think that just like shows how how awesome like avatar did and how well he was able to make that movie um, especially for that time. I mean, that movie came out in 2009, and so no movie's been able to beat it since then. That's just incredible. And now it looks like Endgame might not even 
I mean, it's still like what seventy something million away. It's yeah, like that's just crazy. Like the, it has it has like what over twenty movies behind it, and it can't beat this movie that came out over ten years ago. That's just so cool to me. Um, yeah, but yeah, I'm not I'm not a big fan of like really either. So I don't know. I, I don't have a strong opinion on one yeah, or the other. I'm actually, I'm actually like pulling up like the top grossing films of all time was just to see like which of these we actually like. <laughs> I feel like a lot of it is, like, top-grossing films of all time. Here we go. All right, yeah, there's not me. usually a lot of really good movies on there. No, unfortunately. I'm pretty sure, like, one of the Jurassic... Yeah, like, Jurassic <laughs> World is on there. <laughs> um, okay. Highest-grossing films. Okay, so you've got Avatar, Endgame, Titanic, Star Wars The Force Awakens, Infinity War, Jurassic World, 2012 Avengers, um, Furious 7... Age of Ultron and Black Panther. So yeah. Harry Potter's been edged out of the top ten. Oh. I think the movie, the only movie on there that I would ever sit down and, like, I want to watch this, this is a fun movie, is The Force Awakens. Other than that, I don't... That and Infinity War, I think, are the most deserving on that list, probably. Yeah, me too. Those, those are my favorite. Those are my favorite, two out of that whole thing. Um, I think Force Awakens is a lot of fun. I think J.J. Abrams did good on that. And then Infinity War, I love seeing everyone interact in there, so... Yeah, mm. I. Those, this is those not a great list. This is not yeah, a great list. Not. Those are like I really dislike a lot of those movies. Like I'm not fond of a lot of those movies. So. Mm. What makes me really upset is that Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not a fan of Jurassic World at all. Um, no. Really dislike like, both of the, those. Yeah, even like the first one. Look, I was like, cool, like it's another Jurassic Park movie, but it's like. I think that Chris Pratt is so wooden in it. Yeah, he, I mean, he doesn't look... I mean, and you watch him in Guardians and then watch him in that. He looks like he's having fun in the Guardians movie. He, he just looks like he's collecting a paycheck in the Jurassic World movie. Yeah, really. it's like, just give us action hero, and he's just like... <laughs> he's just so wooden with it. It's like you can yeah. do action hero and have fun with it like you did it in exactly. Guardians. But... Yeah, really. I, I don't, so I don't know where that personality goes after he leaves the Guardians set, but it's not there. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. So the top ten movies, highest grossing movies of all time, are not my shit really at all. Besides, Force Awakens and um, Infinity War. Yeah. So I guess there's like a little bit of a disconnect for me there. I don't like. I'm sure there's people out there who love all. What was that ten movies? All ten of those. Mm. But um, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. So like, yeah. how, so you said you just feel the same way about Avatar and Endgame, like yeah. I think that like it speaks to like such a testament of like how well films can like connect people. It's like a yeah. film can come around like as derivative as I find Avatar to be in terms of its like storyline and everything. Yeah, like I could just go and watch Fern Gully and get like the same shit. But it's like the fact that it had no no franchise to back it up. Yeah. Like, I know that, like, part of the reason people loved it so much is because of its, like, its tech and, like, the CGI was mm -hmm. incredible. Um, and it came out in a summer where there was pretty much, like, nothing else playing at that point. Like, <laughs> I saw Avatar three times, and I didn't oh, even wow. love it that much, but it was, like, there was nothing else playing in the summer. I was, like, I want to go to the movies. I'm going to go sit for, like, nearly three hours in yeah. an <laughs> I'll go and see Avatar again. It makes sense. But it's, like, I think that it's, like, such an incredible feat that a film with nothing behind it coming out out of nowhere managed to do that, like you said. Yeah. And I really don't want the sequels 
I don't yeah, want to sound really bad. They do sound really bad. And, like, I don't even really care that they've been delayed and delayed and delayed. Like, I don't think, like, normally when it comes to a sequel that keeps getting delayed, I'm like, oh, well, it's going to be terrible. But I yeah. just genuinely don't think that. <laughs> I just think that, like, James Cameron's like, oh, well, I've got the biggest film of all time. I need to follow it up with multiple biggest films of all time. It's a lot of pressure to place on someone. So I understand yeah, that really it's getting delayed. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm really interested to see how they're going to do at the box office. Like, mm. I'm really, I'm really interested, like, because, I mean, especially after Endgame, I've seen so many people give so much crap to um, Avatar, like, they really dislike it and stuff, and um, so I'm just, I'm, I really want to know, like, how well it's going to do, I'm interested in, like, what is, like, four sequels or whatever, like, yeah. that's so, so much of something. I'm not. still looking. I'm still looking at this like pub grossing list, right? And like, uh-huh. I think there's maybe like one, two. There's probably like maybe like maybe about ten of these are actually like original films, and the rest <laughs> are like sequels or reboots. Yeah. And most of them are Disney, actually. Like in terms of like it's animated yeah. classics. I mean, Zootopia yeah. is on here as well, but it's like I don't know. Like obviously, like it makes sense that sequels like. You've got that hype. People want to go and continue on with these characters, but it just kind of like it makes me a little bit disheartened to see that, like, you know, people don't want to go and see original stuff. At least from like this box office list, at the very least. Yeah, no, you're um, right. No, you're, like, you're totally let's, right. <laughs> yeah, weird. let's get something like a new original story that's amazing and have it absolutely smash records because it's like it's those stories that I think are more impressive. Yeah, and like you saw it with like you saw it with the end game stuff. It was like. After two weeks, it started to slow down its box office, and people were like, "Oh, it's a disappointment!" Like, are you serious? Like, it had the biggest opening of all time. Please yeah, shut up. Really? And like, yeah. it was playing. I don't know about like where you were, but I have about three cinemas within like a twenty-minute drive of me, and the one closest to my house is eight eight screens. And apart from Endgame, for like the first like week or so. Three other films were playing with one session per day because all of the other sessions were just end game. <laughs> no, that's like, like yeah. you've given it such like a big opportunity. Like I know that there's like a massive demand. Of course, it's going to be playing on all of these screens, but it's like if you've got so many screenings, there's only like a certain amount of people that want to go and see it. Yeah, see it like you may not fill up all of these sessions, and that's not a disappointment. It just means that everyone has seen it. You give, you've been given so many chances to see it. Of course it's going to slow down. Like, are you dumb? Yeah. Like, do yeah. you think that it just keeps going? Like, it's not <laughs> how it works. No, that's exactly how it was over here, too. Like, they had a... Uh, AMC Theaters was going, like, uh, 24-7. Like, they, you could see it 24-7. Like, they had employees working all day and all that's night. So, so if you wanted to go see Endgame at 3 o'clock in the morning, you just drive on down to AMC and you could go see it. It's, it's insane. And, um... I feel like that again. That's another like incredible like like feat for um, Avatar for not having all that special treatment like that and stuff. Like mm. as far as I remember, it wasn't taking over movie theaters like that. Like being the only movie that was playing. I remember trying to get a ticket at my movie theater, and yeah, it was the same thing. Literally every screening almost was. I think there was probably like three or four slots that were other movies, but every other screening was in game that night and. <laughs> So yeah, I yeah. I know what you mean. Is that whole situation's really crazy. Um, yeah, and it's it's kind of like ruins this like the film going experience because it's like 
I feel like if everyone's going to see the same thing and like it's all that's playing, it's like it just feels like you're just a number. Like, oh, I'm just going and doing my part to see this film. Like, it's you're not really going. Like, yeah. From my perspective, it's like it doesn't feel like you're going for like to enjoy it. It's like, oh, well, I guess I'll go see Endgame. You know what I mean? Whereas yeah, like when yeah. I saw Avatar, like all three times the cinema was packed. Like, it felt like everyone wanted to be there. Maybe they were doing the same thing that I was and they were trying to like, <laughs> hide from, like, the yeah. summer heat. But, like, yeah, like, it felt like it was more of, like, a genuine experience. And the same thing happened when I saw Twilight, too. So I don't think it's much of a secret that I absolutely love the Twilight saga. I know that they're awful, but I love them. I saw the first one twice, opening weekend, and both times, again, like, the cinema was full. And it was, like... <laughs> It felt fun. Like, everyone was, like, there to, like, have a good time. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that yeah. the first one did all that well. The second one did absolutely, like, ridiculous numbers at the box office. But it was, like, <laughs> I don't know. It felt, like, it felt fun. Whereas, like, Endgame was, like, I'm here because, like, A, I'm excited and it's something that I care about. But it's also, like, a duty of mine to go and see it. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's <laughs> the thing with, like, these franchises, too. <laughs> like it's not only like the storyline fatigue I'm getting it's just like oh well you know like far from home tickets are out I should probably buy them like I think <laughs> I bought my I bought my far from home tickets like the day after they came out like I messaged my friends that I normally go with it's like yeah guys like I guess we'll go see it like you know <laughs> yeah yeah it's not as like exciting as like seeing a film you're like oh my god like Vox Lock is finally coming out yeah like it's it. nothing I mean? yeah it's it's not like that I I totally get what you mean. It's like, I don't know, franchise movies are having a hard time, like, getting me excited, I guess. Um, the last one, and it, again, it kind of started out as a lot smaller movie, was John Wick Chapter 3. I oh, love yeah. that, and I was so excited for that. And the trailers, every trailer that came out, every poster for it, seeing Keanu Reeves in interviews, like, all of that, I love all that. And so that's totally different for me, but, like, most franchises just can't get me that excited anymore. But mm. John Wick still can. Um, I mean, yeah, glad you had to train your dragon. I remember like <laughs> the trailer for the third one came out, and I was like in bed. It was like the morning, and I was like, I need to be left alone for like the next like three minutes. And as soon <laughs> as the trailer started, I like bawled my eyes out. Like I will cry like on demand thinking about that series. Like it's really sad, but oh my god, they're so amazing. <laughs> that's great. I don't think I know anyone else who loves those movies so that's like really cool to see that you like them that, that much shocks like, me though. it really really shocks me because it's like i think that like look the first one i will admit is pretty like by the numbers like adventure film but i think what makes it so special is like the relationship between hiccup and toothless is so beautiful like it's just like it's another like woody and buzz like <laughs> it's a friend like it's just a beautiful friendship and i think yeah. like it's a little bit different than like woody and buzz because it's like it's like a forbidden friendship. Like, it's like, it just speaks like how like connected they are that it's like they can like transcend this like, like, you know, generations long history of like dragons and humans not getting together. <laughs> and I think what it does well is like, I'm sorry, I'm going to keep talking about this forever. No, like, go ahead. The second one, I think, like, I, shit, I think I was maybe like 15 when the first one came out. So, like, I was probably, like, venturing away from, like, my want to go and see, like, animated <laughs> films, like, a lot. And uh -huh. I loved it. And I, like, I was like, yeah, no, that was really good. I'll go and see the second one when it came out. But what absolutely floored me about the second one was it aged up its characters. 
and they were teenagers now. And not only did it like have a respect for the fact that its characters were older, it had a respect for the fact that maybe its audience was older too. Like I was 19, 18, 19 when this, uh-huh. like, the second one came out and it was so much more emotionally mature. And I think that that's like a problem when it comes to like animated films. Like we've got like Inside Out, we've got like films that tackle like more adult subject matter but I think that it like it's so respectful of the fact that like its audience is older it's not pandering to like younger themes uh-huh. and ideas just because it's a children's film yeah and I, I felt actually, like I haven't seen the yeah. second one so that actually really interests me I might watch the second and third I've oh seen the first God. one but I haven't seen the second I, one. I cry like an absolute bitch in the second one like it's <laughs> like I remember I went and saw it with like two of my friends and I was like, I actually like nearly moved away from them because I was crying, embarrassed them, and like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's really awful. But like the <laughs> third one as well, like even though like the third one kind of goes like back to basics and it's like it's a basic love story, it's still really mature and it like closes the series in a way that I think that is so beautiful and I haven't seen done in a really long time like dreamworks knows that like this is its crown jewel like fuck shrek honestly <laughs> like shrek is fun and it's like my problem with shrek is like it it's fun because it's like adult humor then it kind of became like a parody of itself like it just became like that <laughs> pop culture series yeah and then like illumination did it the same thing like sing is like an abomination but it's the same kind of like senses of humor it's like oh pop culture ha 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 yeah Whereas, like how to train your dragon doesn't need to do that it's mm-hmm. good on its own so yeah, yeah like please go and see these films if you haven't already everyone listen because <laughs> they're incredible i will i will try to watch <laughs> both uh, this the second and third I man i might as well just watch all three of them again just so i can re- i saw the first one in theaters oh um, they just ruined me <laughs> uh, <laughs> I guess we've been talking for like a little bit over an hour now, so I guess I can go ahead and mm. kind of wrap it up. Um, mm. But I'm glad you just talked about How to Train Your Dragon. That was great. I'm glad I want people to get on here and talk about what they're passionate about, and I know you like <laughs> those movies, so thank you for that. Um, thank you for being on here in general. That was so much fun to have you on here. I love yeah, that. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, I actually had like a huge list of uh, people that I had considered. A lot of people kind of got upset when I didn't have them in my original announcement video, unfortunately. Um, and that was made me feel really weird about doing the rest of this. But I had a huge list of people and I was reading them off to Beza. And she actually told me, you specifically, that I should try to get you on here. And I was like, hey, she's oh my on my list already. Sweetie. Yeah, I was like, she's on, on my <laughs> list already. I'm going to, I'll ask her. Um, like, so, yeah. I, like the fact, I like the fact that people really want to get involved with it. And- really appreciate you like you reaching out to me about it I think that like it's good that everyone wants to get involved I don't think it's like just because it's like oh I want to be like involved in Chandler stuff yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, think it's, I think that it genuinely comes from like we talk on Twitter all the time uh-huh. all of us have like a chance to talk about stuff that way but it's like few of us get the like the opportunity to talk about films elsewhere so it's like a different way for us yeah. to talk which i think is really special so I, I understand why there's such like a high demand to like be on here yeah that's i changed it from eight guests to 16 guests because so many people are dm me asking me to be a part of it <clears throat> so then i changed it to 16 guests and so now it's going to be two episodes a week instead of just one but yeah. i mean no i i love that people want to come on here and talk about movies and i love talking about movies obviously so like it's a whole lot of fun um 
just yeah thank you so much for being a part of this it, it really That's means okay. so much to me thank you for like, having me somehow I've been able to get all of my favorite people so far have agreed to be on here and that like means the world to me and so like there were everyone I asked luckily has said yes and that really it just means so much to me I, I love that's the same thing with doing the channel words I just love involving like all my twitter friends in something and uh and i have some people that i weren't even i wasn't even mutuals with are gonna end up are on here like i've recorded an episode with them just because i want everyone to kind of get their voice out there but um yeah just thank you so much it was that was so much fun talking movies and stuff um and yeah if you're following me you're probably already following her but um if not she will be tagged and like i mean the link that you're probably listening to this through she her her handle will be right there so go follow <laughs> her please and um yeah just thank you so much for that and thank you so much <laughs> everyone who's listening to this wherever you are in the world whether it be day or night i hope it continues to be amazing and just thank you so much for listening <laughs>